Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment. Because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work, or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Hello, we're back for another episode of Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, and I have a special guest today. I'm so excited to introduce you to a really wonderful friend of mine, somebody who we've been on a healing path, a healing journey here together for quite a while, so we've known each other for many years now, and this is Dr. Courtney Perret, and Courtney is a doctor of naturopathic medicine, and she's been working as uh, really as a life coach for many years now because her practice led her to really working with people on multi-levels and multi-disciplines. So um, like me, she's called herself a life coach because that's kind of a nice, don't you think that's just a nice way to describe ourselves? It's nice to have that title in today's mm-hmm. world, isn't it? It's absolutely. Yeah. And I think for you, I mean, I know doctor can be intimidating for some people, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. you know, like kind of that multi-title uh, effect is a nice way to just kind of soften, you know, a beginning with, with clients and, and trying to introduce the work. And so Courtney's here to talk with me about beautiful work, beautiful life. And she and I both know that the beautiful work doesn't start out beautiful. It can be really ugly. As we've said before on this podcast, many a time, it's hard work and it's not, not always pretty, but it's the path really to feeling more beautiful and feeling like you can build a beautiful life. So we're happy to share today. And our topic today for our listeners is I hope, I hope is going to be one that really touches a lot of people's lives and hearts. And it's about sharing your truth, which in today's world is quite tricky. Is it not Courtney? (laughs) Very tricky, very tricky. Not only figuring out what is my truth, but then how to share my truth in a way that's really aligned with our values. Um, Certainly, I know that in our work together, that's something I've been working through. So yeah, I think it's certainly a challenging topic today. Yeah. Now, Courtney and I both, I think, consider ourselves sensitives and intuitives. And our path to discovering that, you know, has been, I think through, I know for me, it was through this work. I, I feel like I started to understand it a little bit when I was in therapy. I feel like I really began to understand it even more once I started working with people and started to use that sensitivity more as a skill than as a burden that I always carried it as. Do you, do you find mm-hmm. that the same for you too, Courtney? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what, like you're saying, I always thought maybe there was something wrong with me that I was too sensitive and then being able to see that shift, like you're saying, from a burden to a gift in a way that I feel like it helps me connect with others, particularly clients in such a profound and, and unique way, um, has been really neat to see that shift from like something heavy to carry to something to create more lightness. So it's been yeah. neat. Yeah. And I know, so Courtney and I'll share a little bit about our stories, but for both of us, you know, we grew up in families where it was really hard for us to share our truth. And I think part of that had to do with, I know for me, part of it had to do with feeling like I looked around in my family and I felt like 
people weren't getting me. And when I started to talk more about what I saw as reality or what I felt was my truth, that it was met with a lot of, I would say, emptiness rather than any kind of encouragement to talk about it more or more sharing. And so for both of us, the path to sharing our truth has not been um, an easy or necessarily a short path. (laughs) For me, it's been a long journey. And I continue that journey to really feel like I'm constantly in alignment with my truth, able to share it, able to express it in a way that I feel good about afterwards. Because I think that's one of the trickiest parts about this. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I know for me, it similar to what you're, you're sharing there. It's like, first of all, it was figuring out, wait, what is my truth? Because I know when I would start to get an idea of what my truth was and then talk about that in my family in particular, I was met with opposition. And so then I would get, I, I talk about it often, like I felt confused, but I think this is it, but you're telling me it's something different. And so that made it harder for me to start to really share my truth. Because one example that I thinking of when I was very little parents would just tell me, Oh, you're just shy. You just don't like to be around people. And I kept thinking, well, I, I, I do like to be around people, but I was anxious, but they kept telling you just don't like to be around people. And to this day, they'll still tell me that, um, like, Oh, you're just, you're just shy or you're just an introvert. And it's like, I'm trying to tell them who I am or how I feel. And they'll, tell me, oh, that's not who you are. And so at a core level, it makes sense now as to why um, when I was very little, I was kind of unsure of what my truth was because I was being told what my truth was rather than tuning in to what my truth was. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that too, that identification, you know, of uh, the the confusion around uh, what, whether you like to be around people, whether you're shy or not. Because I do think that as a sensitive person, sometimes it's hard for us to be around people. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be around people, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we have a hard time depending on what, what the context and what the, what the, who the people are that we're with. I know, I think what I've come to learn about myself is I'm, I'm outgoing in situations, situations where I'm really comfortable, but Mm -hmm. I'm a total introvert in every other situation. (laughs) Likewise. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) which is really interesting. I mean, that's an interesting Mm -hmm. combination of things, you know, and I think that really reflects how important it is to, to be able to take into consideration who you're with and what your environment is, especially when you're sharing your truth, your truth. So let's talk about that a little bit as maybe the beginning for our listeners to help them sort through how do we share our truth and what's a good way to do it and how to go about that and all that. And I think the beginning is having somebody who knows how to listen. Well, don't you feel mm-hmm. like that's key to be mm-hmm. able to share your truth well? Yes, absolutely. I think like you're saying too, the truth can be so nuanced, especially as you're navigating through it in the beginning that I think the if you're cut off or you're met with some other anything other than someone just compassionately and openly listening to you, that can, any truth that's starting to come out, and at least I know for me, if it's not met with compassion on the other side or acceptance on the other side, very quickly, it can be suppressed back down and sit there for however, however much longer, like, oh, wait, it's not safe to share my truth now. So definitely someone, I think too, a quote that I heard once or something that I heard once was, and there's a big difference between listening to understand or listening to kind of receive and listening to respond. And I do mm-hmm. think that that's a lot um, in today's society too, we're listening to respond. Like, oh, well, they said this, I'm going to respond with this. And I find it, it's easier to share your truth when someone's just listening to receive, just listening to understand, just truly listening to hear you out. So I do think that makes a big difference. 
Wow, that's beautiful. I love that you um, put it and and um, laid that out so nicely for for our listeners to hear because it's hard to um, it's it's hard to share your truth when you, the energy of where your 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 um, words are going is is not like an open space to be received into, and instead it's kind of like. And I know for me, like I can usually tell by the look on somebody's face if they're already in their head thinking about what they're going to say. Yes. Right. And so we the between body language and the energy, like there's a lot of subtle cues that give us a sense of whether we're being really received or not. And, mm-hmm. and that's the part where that's how we learn to trust ourselves, too. Um, yeah. we did a podcast on self-trust in um, October. And so I would encourage people to go back and listen to that because this idea of being able to trust yourself to know when to share your truth can sometimes be a little tricky to, mm-hmm. to know, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it, sharing your truth is a really vulnerable act. So like you're saying, if you're speaking to someone who seems distracted or they're not really listening, the, the, safe, the space doesn't seem kind of as safe or as welcoming to open up and to be really vulnerable about that. And I know for me on both ends, whether I'm the one sharing my truth or if I'm the one receiving someone's truth, um, it it goes, there's much more depth to it when I'm not distracted, when I'm, if someone's sharing with me or if I'm, I'm like, oh, wait, I need to respond to that. And I have to take a step back sometimes too, to be, wait a minute, what is my role here? They're not asking me for advice. They're not um, you know, looking to me to solve this or just, I'm just here to listen. And I know when I'm on the receiving end, if I truly can just get in that space of listening, I think it encourages other people to share their truth a lot more. So when I'm on the other end and I'm sharing my truth, I try to remember that as well. At, um, Cause I do think it makes a big difference. Yeah, I do too. For me, I learned about um, being received really well in a uh, group process when I was doing uh, peer leadership training back in my 30s before I did my master's work. That was kind of my early um, place of really um, being heard and witnessed in a way where I knew I was being fully received. And, And to be in a group space where one of our agreements in the group was that there was no cross-talking and there was no responding to anybody. Really, we were just holding space to be to witness and to listen and to give good loving attention. And man, that that was my turnaround time around like really being able to like open up and and speak into my truth and learn how to do that comfortably, even though it was so uncomfortable, it took a long time to get to that comfort level, you know. Yes, I love that. That that is that beautiful reminder too. I think for me, very similarly, and it was with you. It was I think actually I'd been in therapy and group work prior to working with you, but when I joined, um, you know, kind of a master group mastermind that you were offering, and mm-hmm. I remember being really uncomfortable at first. I was still kind of nervous around people, and then um, everyone had the same amount of time, really like floor time, sort of speak, air time, and I think in my first. Our first time around, I was just crying. I think the whole time I couldn't even get any words out, but there was something really powerful and connecting, even when I wasn't saying anything, just having people truly hold that space. So I agree with that. That's a great reminder because I had forgotten about that. That was a big turning point for me too, to realize like, yeah, just compassionately holding space for someone makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So these are skills that anybody can learn and mm-hmm. anybody can, um, uh, ask others to learn in their lives. But I think that it's the kind of thing that truly you have to seek out. I think that you don't necessarily 
run into people in the day-to-day world. I mean, sometimes we meet people that happen to have some of these natural skills from family life or academic experiences, or just happen to be in environments where they had those experiences and they adopted some of that skill. But I think that in the world today, generally speaking, it's not, it's just not out there run of the mill spaces where you're heard and really listened to so that you feel like you can comfortably speak your truth and yeah. and not worry about what's coming back at you, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's one thing to have the mindset of, I'm just going to speak my truth and I'm not going to care. I'm just going to go out there and speak it. But it's very different when you're in an environment where people don't have that same mindset or aren't open to um, you sharing your truth. And so definitely, I think it's seeking out people on a, on a similar path or who are trying to work and build similar skills. Um, because I think that there's, uh, you know, it might not always be safe to share your truth or, um, and I think that's, that's thing too, of like safe spaces. I see this on social media a lot too, of like, this is a safe mm. space. And I think people throw around a safe space to share, but it's like, what does a safe space really mean? And I mean, I think that's different for everyone. And I encourage people to think of that. Like what does truly make you feel comfortable, make you feel safe to share your truth? Because I know I've been in groups or on chats or something where everyone's like, this is a safe space. And I'm like, well, what makes it a safe space? Like I, I can't just take you for your word because as soon as I start to share, I'm shut down or I'm talked over or I'm dismissed or minimized. And so to me, it's like, this doesn't feel like a safe space at all. So I think saying something's a safe space and actually creating a safe space are two very different things. Yeah. And I think that that takes some special training. I don't think everybody necessarily, they might think they're creating safe space, but they might not necessarily be creating safe space. And that comes back to trusting ourselves to know whether we feel like we can be vulnerable. And I think social media in a lot of ways probably has done us a disservice in Mm -hmm. this, this arena that we're talking about, because I think we're all even confused about what does it even mean to share your truth, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get back to that. Because I feel like sharing our truth is, is really sharing our thoughts, our feelings, our opinions, our ideas, our hopes, our dreams, the knowledge maybe that we've acquired, the wisdom we may have from experience. And it's very much spoken in I statements. Mm-hmm. It's truly when somebody's speaking into their truth and holding it as this is my truth, they're using I statements, they're using we statements or you statements, which is one of the, again, one of the agreements that we used in the Women's Center when we learned that model was because the cultural pattern is often to just use we or you instead of saying I and owning, like empowering yourself to say, no, this is what I believe. This is what mm-hmm. I think, right? And I think that we're all a little bit confused in that way, don't you? Because everybody's just just kind of throwing stuff out there so constantly. Yeah. We don't yeah. really even know what what to think or believe or who's yeah. who who what where'd they get that fact and you know all this fact checking yeah. that's going on. It's it's a confusing time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think to, to that point too, it's when people are sharing their truth. Um, people who I guess are are maybe surface level sharing their truth. They're sharing the truth with the agenda or the hope to change someone else's truth or to change someone's mind and to persuade them. I see that a lot. And, um, you know, a relationship course that I took once in training, um, the, the leader was talking about, there is no, you know, one objective truth, right. That it, two people can have, they can have two different truths and then both be very true. And I think, especially in like a social media realm, it's, 
people are sharing the truth and trying to throw evidence and reasons and all this stuff to convince somebody else. And I think that's what makes it tricky. It's like, well, I was believing this, but now is that wrong? And then we start to not trust ourselves. And so we can't trust ourselves. We can't really share our truth. And so I think, yeah, again, it goes back to that intention of your truth can still be your truth, even if someone else doesn't agree with it. Like it doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It's just two people can have two very different truths, but then be the truth for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we go back to that idea of what, what your truth is, you know? So if I say I feel angry about something that might be the truth of what I'm experiencing right now. It's so much of this language and really being able to like get more articulate about what we're saying. I, I think I, I remember saying to you, you know what I mean? Like that's a thought in my mind. I think I remember it right. Versus like, uh, um, my opinion of something that's happening in yeah. the world today is that this is right, or this is wrong, or this is better, or this should be this way. And those are all opinions, but they're the truth of what we think and we feel inside ourselves. And so that's the other thing, you know, is like our opinion is not the truth or any, mm-hmm. you know, it's just what we are thinking and feeling yeah. and our ideas and our own mind. And I yeah. think we're, we're, we, we stumble, you know, a lot in, in the yeah. sharing. And so let's yeah. come back to this idea of vulnerability, Courtney, because I feel like, um, you know, it's so true, like that idea of, you know, when we're sharing vulnerably on social media, like coming back to what's our intention behind yeah. that, right? And social media shouldn't be a place where we're doing our healing work, right? Mm-hmm. It can be a place where we give voice to some of what we're learning or experiencing, but to go there with the intention, like I'm going to heal by putting this out on social media is often, you know, asking for some rewounding rather than mm-hmm. healing to happen out there. So yeah. What, what yeah. are you experiencing? How are you finding that for you as you go through social media? Like what, what what's your vibe these days with all of that? Yeah. Well, I think to getting back to the kind of what we're talking about and sharing your truth. Um, I feel like sharing your truth is a very almost like internal, intimate process. And when we when it, we think of social media, at least when I think of social media, it's it's not really intimate at all, right? You're putting it out there for any and all of these people um to, yeah. to receive. And I see it as it's coming, or at least kind of the vibe I get around it is that people, even if they are being vulnerable, and of course this isn't everyone, but a large majority, it's there it, it's like there's a hidden agenda behind it like almost like oh well I need to be vulnerable here to be relatable or if I share this then I will fit in and they're kind of like our topic of sharing your truth I feel like that pulls us further away from sharing our truth because we're getting away from self and again trying to fit in with what am I supposed to be doing what do people expect of me how can I fit in here and when we're coming at it from that mindset at least for me it's like we start to I start to lose my truth a little and it's like, oh, I'll bend it here because I think this person will like it or I'll bend it here because I think I'll fit in here. And so if you're coming to social media truly to share your truth, I think that's very different. Like being vulnerable in that sense is very different than I will share this with the expectation that it will go this way. I think people share certain stuff with an expectation that it's going to go a certain way. And I think that can kind of dilute your truth in some way because sometimes the most vulnerable thing you can do is not share at all. Like not kind of go with the flow because it's it's like, oh, you know what? This is how I'm feeling and I'm not going to share that. We don't have to share everything. And I think that's yeah. coming back to your truth of why am I sharing this? Does this feel 
aligned with myself right now to share or am I sharing this because I feel like I should or I'm going to be missing out on something if I if I don't share and to me that again it's it, a delicate balance to kind of you know go between but to me I know I've, I've certainly felt like oh I should share this because this is what people expect of me but it's like well then is that really my truth in that moment and I think to what you were saying earlier knowing your truth can kind of change your truth doesn't always have to remain exactly the same I know I get caught up in that like but what, who am I at my core? What is my one truth? And we can have different ideas and different opinions and different truths depending on circumstances. So I think that's another thing with social media. It's like, stay on your brand or like you have to pick a side and stick to it. And I think normalizing, changing your mind and having different ideas would go a long way for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I love that. I, let's, let's get that out as like a permission slip on the, on the yeah. show today. I'm just saying, you know, you have a permission to change your mind. You have a permission yeah. to keep things private too. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know that this is, this is a topic that I've talked a lot with clients about is the idea of the difference between privacy and holding secrets, right? Mm-hmm. So secrets oftentimes feel like they have power over us and maybe other people involved. And so now there's power struggles around secrets and it, it can be a very messy kind of experience. Where privacy to me is, you know, that you have some parts of you or parts of your life that you just choose to not share with other people or with the public or whatever, and that each of us is entitled to that. And I think in the political world, because things have become so public, people's personal lives become so publicized and sought after, you know, looking for messy information, Mm -hmm. it's it's become a, a hard place to to say it's okay to have a private part of your life. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. parts of you that you can just keep quiet if you choose. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think to going back to, to the truth piece of that, um, think the, I know that I do this and I've heard it from clients is almost they feel like they have to put it out there. Or it has to be validated by someone to be true, right? Well, this okay. is how I'm feeling. And so I need someone. And that's not necessarily true. Validation can feel good at times. And it certainly beneficial at certain times, but your truth gets to be your truth, whether everyone or nobody knows about it, or if everyone or nobody else agrees with it, I think that's where it comes, like you were saying, the self-trust piece of this is my truth. And of course, as humans, it's wonderful to get support and validation, but it's, can I be okay with that being my truth? Even if I don't get that support and that validation and coming at it from a social media perspective, this is something I remind myself all of the time when I'm on social media, because I can certainly get caught up in like, oh, look at their life and look at them. And I need to say this or otherwise it's not happening. People won't know about it. And it's like, just because, just because it's not, you don't see it on social media, doesn't mean it's not happening in the real world. And just because you do see it on social media, doesn't mean it is happening in the real world. And I think when we get, when we're thinking of our truth and whatnot, it's like, you don't, you don't have to share with people you don't want to. And even if you don't share, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And if you want to share, again, of course you can, but I think we get caught up on like, well, I didn't tell anyone about this. So maybe they don't realize this what's going on, but I think a lot of it comes down to self-validation. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And, and I think that also what are people, again, the, the intentions behind it and why are we sharing what we're sharing? And I think that a lot of people in today's world need more spaces to have safe places to share and be heard where they can actually heal from these small and large emotional traumas that many of us have been through. And social media is just, to me, it's just not the place to do that. It can be a place of encouraging or finding places where you might be able to do that. But to think that that's going to come from the social media experience is not 
not, I don't, I don't think that's a, it's, it's not a good place to go in and ex- have an expectation around that. So, yeah. so let's come back to like this creating spaces where it is okay, you know, and we, and we can share our truth, right? Mm-hmm. For many of us who grew up in families where there was dysfunction or mental health issues, this becomes, can be a really tricky thing, can it? And we can carry over into your adult life later until you find out and have some experiences of what it's like to share your truth and be witnessed and heard in a safe, a truly safe place Mm -hmm. where you can be vulnerable. So one of the things that we want to talk about when we've talked a little bit about is this idea of listening and and getting Mm -hmm. a sense of whether somebody's really receiving you, right? Um, So let's see, what else can we say about that, Courtney? Let's see if we can just kind of reel off a few things. What else comes up for you around... Um, sharing your truth and kind of where's a safe space to do that? What would we be looking for? Yeah. Well, I think in, um, in relationships where it almost is, it's not safe to have conflict necessary, but yeah, like you can work through disagreements. You can work through conflict with ease and with love and um, with, with gentleness, I think, because it's sharing your truth and might trigger somebody else or bring something up within them. And sometimes sharing our truth, even with people we really love or relationships that we really value, sometimes the truth sometimes can be painful or triggering to someone else, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't share it. And I think it's not that you shouldn't share your truth if someone's upset about it, but it's seeking out or knowing the relationships where it's, it's safe to disagree, where it's safe to have conflict and, um, and work through it. Because it's not about the absence of conflict that really creates healthy relationships. It's how how you move through conflict and how you resolve conflict that really makes a big difference. So I think for me, that's important. And sharing my truth is if this person doesn't agree with me, is that okay? Is that safe? Because if it doesn't feel safe, I'm not going to risk sharing my truth and risk having a disagreement um, because that wouldn't feel safe to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we grow that kind of relationship and those kinds of experiences of learning how to um, work through conflict going from small things usually to the larger things right and that's one of the beautiful you know processes of growing a healthy relationship and you work with people on relationship stuff all the time so you know you know like this is like when when we're trying to figure out how to address conflict you know starting with small stuff is sometimes the easier way and you can Mm -hmm. start what does your process actually look like right Mm -hmm. yeah and start to fine-tune that a little bit yeah. I mean, I, I exercise that I have clients do sometimes like, along what you're saying of just the simplest things is oftentimes people who are working through struggle with sharing their truth. It's there tend to be people pleasers, right. Or they kind of go with the flow and it's little things of just, if you automatically start to say like, Oh, I don't know. If someone asks you a question, what do you want for dinner? Or where do you want to go? Yo, I don't know. Whatever you want. We're already self-abandoning. It's like, you're not even giving yourself a chance to think, what do I really want? We're assuming this person might not like what I say, so I'm not going to say it at all. So that can be a really simple step for people to start, like small, right? It's not high stakes where it's someone asks, where do you want to eat for dinner? Like actually check in with yourself and just suggest where you want to eat. It, it, maybe they want to eat there too. Maybe they don't, but it's like a little thing that it's not a big deal to disagree on. But if you haven't practiced that, um, it might feel like, oh, I said I wanted to eat here and they don't. And it could, I know it's like, oh no, did I say the wrong thing? But that's how you can practice very gently and small, like small steps toward owning your truth for bigger things. It's, it's starting with little things like that, like you were talking about. And I love that, Courtney, because I, you think back to my trajectory of, um, you know, my early uh, relationships in my life where things didn't go that well and I wasn't sharing mm-hmm. my truth. And I think that 
you know, when I think back to that time in my life that I ended up, you know, abandoning myself enough times and even just those small desires, right? And then over time, we start to feel resentful because we were never doing what I wanted or we were never having what I wanted or we were never, it was never my turn to be the one to say, but I was never saying either. So it can start to take a trajectory that gets deeper and then you have feelings and, um, you know, we dig ourselves our own little hole sometimes that way. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah, that resentment that often comes, certainly sometimes it is toward other people, but oftentimes it's within ourselves. We're not using our voice. We're not standing in our power. We're not sharing our truth. And then um, it's like we're getting mad at people for not meeting needs that we never told them that we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, talking about what we want, you know, um, sometimes sharing that truth is uh, tricky. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if we haven't, we're not used to doing it. It becomes, it can become really difficult. I love journaling for this. You know, when we talk about like being able to identify what we want, I think journaling is such a great place to start with ourselves. Right. Especially if we know, like, I know when I started this work at the beginning, I didn't, I didn't even know what I, if somebody asked me what I wanted, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't think I know, but I don't really, do I really know? And then I'd be afraid to say, and, you know, and so, um, a journal is such a safe place to put that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a prompt along that too, that, um, I don't use nearly as much as I, as I could, as every time I remember this, I'm like, Oh, I should do this more often. Cause it's definitely something that I still struggle with, but something that I'd like to ask myself, um, is if it's something is coming up and it's like, I have to make a decision one way or the other. And my go-to is, I don't know. Um, it's journaling on, like, if I knew the outcome were going to go exactly as I wanted it to, if I knew this relationship would still be safe, if I knew whatever choice I made, whatever decision, whatever, anything that I said was going to be met with love, acceptance, what would I really want to say? Cause almost like, and then I can get a little bit more clarity on what I really want. Because I think, again, if we've been doing this for so long, our brain automatically, like, or at least I know for me, I just start to think like, oh, well, I think I, yeah, I don't think I want to go there, but it's like, I don't even know. I'm just assuming that's the safest option to choose. So that's what I think this person wants me to say. But if I can kind of strip all of that back and just hypothetically think, any answer is equal. Like any answer is okay. What would I want to choose? And sometimes that can bring a little bit more clarity and at least what my truth is. I have, again, it starts with, I have to know what my truth is before I can start to share my truth. Yeah. Oh, Courtney, I love that. So I'm going to just, um, we'll be wrapping up before too long. And so I want to, I'm going to just offer that up. Usually at the end of the podcast, we offer up some ideas for, for our listeners to begin their own beautiful work and um, explore the topic a little bit. So I'm going to, offer them up if you're okay with that, just like that exercise. I think that exercise mm-hmm. is so great. You know, pick something in your life that you're really struggling with or something that you, you're you feeling confused about or whatever and, and do that. What if, right? If the mm-hmm. scenario worked out perfectly and, you know, let's say the things you're worried about didn't come to pass at all and instead mm-hmm. it was just met with, you know, non-resistance or whatever, what would you want and and yeah. what would you want to do, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful way to look at that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it can be really powerful. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, that's a, that's a great exercise for everybody. So we have kind of the listening aspect, being in a safe place. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that comes up for me too is growing your vulnerability 
uh, slowly, like, mm-hmm. like, just like we were talking about, you know, starting with the, the small things or the small wants, mm-hmm. it's like starting to share yourself in small ways in a relationship. It's almost like a little testing ground to see how it's received yes. and how somebody treats it with respect or, you know, with, with honor or whatever it is that you're looking for. Right. It's a way to begin to start to grow your sense of the trust and the, and the safety of the relationship itself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's kind of being selectively vulnerable as well. Instead Uh of feeling, Oh, I have to, I have to be vulnerable here and I have to share everything here and knowing that you can share different levels of your truth with, um, different people and in different circumstances. And that's something, again, I, I, I like to remind myself of, and I could remind myself of more of, um, sometimes I like, I'm compulsively honest. And it's like, well, if I don't share the whole truth, I'm not sharing my truth, but it's like sharing a part of your truth in a certain circumstance is still sharing your truth. You don't have to share every single detail about your life for it to be your truth. And, um, so yeah, knowing that you, you choose a little bit here and a little bit there, it doesn't mean it's not your truth. It's just your reading your environment, you're, like you said, testing the waters to see how well it's received. So, um, you know, like oversharing sometimes can, isn't necessarily vulnerable and might not be your truth. It might be more of like a trauma response or your trigger. Like I have to share all of this to see if they'll accept me where it's like, wait a minute, let me go back, get into like myself of, do I want to share this versus do I feel like I should, or I have to share this? Yeah. And I think that coming back to the topic of triggers, because we didn't really get into that. And we're not going to get into it deeply on this podcast. We will come back and talk about it another time. But this idea of, um, you know, when we're in relationship with somebody and when we're having a conversation and suddenly, you know, we're sharing our truth and the other person isn't responding well. And then now all of a sudden we feel like we're triggered. So triggered is when somebody feels like, they're no longer necessarily consciously in control of how they're responding to you, that, that there's some emotional aspect that doesn't seem necessarily related to the exact thing that's happening in that moment. And we usually know when we're triggered because we usually can feel it when somebody else is and we can feel it when we are ourselves. And so, you know, one of the things about sharing our truth that I would say for our listeners is, you know, being careful of walking very tenderly around when we get triggered and when somebody else has get triggered. And usually when two people are getting triggered, nothing productive is going to come of it mm-hmm. unless we separate a little bit or we start, we change the conversation and talk about how we got triggered and what that's all about and diffuse, you know, the emotion of whatever the trigger was. So, you know, for, for those listeners that are thinking, oh, I can never have such and such conversation with somebody around something I really want to talk about. And I want to talk about this truth. It's usually that, you know, there's some triggering going on. And, and I think that's a lot of what we struggle with in the world today is mm-hmm. you know, this whole idea of we want to have these conversations politically or um, around race, around our feelings about all these big wounds, really culturally. Mm-hmm. And many of us are just being triggered. And, mm-hmm. and so we're not having real conversations that can right. that can be healing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like two wounded childlike states that are coming at one another rather than two rational adults. Um, and I think that, and the more that you can become aware of that and recognize when you're shifting out of like rational adult brain into childlike, you know, triggered child brain can be really helpful. And then that, um, that's where adult timeouts, I think, come in really handy. It's hard to 
to remember that in the moment, but in, in couples work and relationship work in general, like adult timeouts are, are wonderful. As soon as you notice, you're aware that you're triggered or someone else is triggered, you call a timeout, you step away and can actually be really healthy to do that rather than just going at one another. Because at that point, like you're saying it, you're not coming at it from your highest self. You're not no longer speaking at it from your truth because your truth resides in your more like highest aligned self. And so you're coming at it from a very wounded space. So yeah, taking a timeout when you can, if you can recognize it, I think goes a long way. Yeah. And and that's a great um, reminder too, Courtney, around that, that where your truth resides is usually like deep in your being, in your heart. It's kind of in, it runs along the core of yourself. And when we're really emotional, it's oftentimes that we're, we're talking about the truth of our emotional experience rather than a real truth yeah. that's, that's beyond that. And so we want to, again, be able to talk about all, all of the above, not just, yeah. you know, get focused on, you're not listening to my truth. Well, yeah. right now I'm caught up with, you know, I'm scared because you're, you're, you're seem so afraid, you know, you're like, you're afraid yeah. because you're so emotional. And so we, we get off, off of the whole experience. So yeah. I think that that's another for our listeners, you know, when, when we're in really big emotional experiences, oftentimes we aren't thinking clearly and we aren't speaking really clearly. So to diffuse the emotion is a really important part of the process itself too. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, Courtney, I feel like we could talk for days on this. Anything else coming up for you before we close out for uh, this one particular time, anything like kind of popping that we, you know, we touched on. I don't think so. I think yeah. kind of that what you just closed it up on really resonated again. I think it's just remembering your truth can, there's different depths to your truth too. And yeah. that sometimes it's self-validation that really will be what you need to validate your own truth. And then sometimes it is sharing your truth with someone else or, you know, having a conversation about it. But I know for me, it's, it's helpful to remember that there's, they're all my truth, except mm-hmm. it's just that sometimes it's like, which level is it kind of residing at? Is it like present day I'm triggered and this is my truth versus is this, like me at my core and my being. Um, and to me, it's like, they're all important and they all deserve validation, but I want to kind of go to bat for my core truth a lot more than kind of my just triggered space truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, one thing, I don't think we actually use this word and we might've kind of alluded to it, but I think it's, it's a good thing to say actually out loud is, if you feel like you're being judged, it's also mm, yeah. usually doesn't feel like a safe space to start yeah. to speak your truth. Or you have to feel really solid in your truth. It, it wouldn't be a space where you'd share tender truth, maybe. It would be a place where you feel very strongly and very comfortable in your own truth and that somebody could, could challenge you or judge mm-hmm. it and you would feel okay because it's just your truth yeah. that you're talking about. And so you yeah. could have a conversation around all of that. Right. But yeah. if you're, if you're feeling like, you know, you're, you're in, you're, it's a tender space, right. Mm-hmm. I not want to share in spaces. So I would say that's a great exercise for our listeners. You know, if you want to explore this topic a little bit more and you're thinking about, you know, you don't feel like you're being heard well or whatever, kind of do that bullseye that we've talked about before in podcasts around relationships, you know, and, you know, make a list of who do you, who do you, who do you have in your life where you don't feel judged? Right. And sometimes those are the safest places to begin to start to share your truth and do a little bit of healing work. But, you know, this whole idea of sharing our truth in the world today, I think is a really big topic. Maybe we'll come back and do a part two on this, huh, Courtney? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, good. Well, thanks for being with me today. I really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having, having our conversation. Yeah. Likewise. Good. All right, listeners, we'll be back for more real soon. Thanks for being with us today. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Courtney. Bye. Thank you for joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. Feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.